Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to all of you in the room. Welcome to those of you joining us online. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for basically as long as there have been Christians. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that the Lord is with us when we gather together, whether we are gathering here in the room or whether we are gathering remotely online, we are so glad to be together and have a chance to sing, to pray, to listen for God's spirit speaking through the scriptures. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the opportunity to worship you, to assemble together with saints around the world, uh, saints living, saints already passed on to be with you, gathering together to celebrate you, our righteous King, to celebrate your love that you have shown to us, to celebrate your goodness to us. It It is unbelievable to us, God. I mean, we get stuck here in like what we can see. I mean, we, we see our problems and we see our struggles and we see our frustrations and, and God, it is so easy for us to get stuck there sometimes. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to shine your light into our darkness, to bring life where we had only managed to, to come up with death. Thank you that you meet us here right in the middle of our messed up reality and invite us to to lift our gaze from our problems and our frustrations and our struggles, to lift them to you, our Redeemer, our Savior, our God and King. Today, we offer up all of those things we get bogged down in. God, we offer them all to you. We give you our our fears. We give you our anxieties. We give you our frustrations. We We give you our hopes and our dreams. God, we give all of it to you today and we recognize that as we do this as we turn to you in prayer as we as we lift these needs to you we start to recognize that God you have been at work all along as our as our gaze drifts back down to the schedule and the week we have in front of us as as our gaze drifts back down from you to this world and to the the fears and the frustrations and all the rest suddenly God we can see you at work Suddenly we can see you giving us strength, you giving us wisdom, you giving us hope. You don't pull us out of this world and all of its troubles, God. And just the opposite, you send us into it with your strength, with your grace, with your love, with your Holy Spirit guiding and empowering us so that we can be your kids, so that we can be the body of Christ so that we can carry your hope and your grace to the people that you send us to. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for this amazing love that you have poured out on us. Thank you for your amazing grace that you have shown us. Not a single one of us here, here because we deserve it. All of us just here because of your goodness and grace. So we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, take a minute. We can't walk around and greet each other, but you can still look around and see somebody's eyes, at least over their mask, and like give them a wave, give them a hello, and oh, hey, good to see you. Didn't see you walk in. And, and uh, if you're with us online, uh, take a minute to, uh, to jot something in the chat. Say, hey, it's good to be with you today or something. All right. And then you can be seated uh, if you're here in the room. I, I really doubt any of you need to be seated who are watching online. I'm assuming you're all 
comfortable wherever you might happen to be. So anyway, um, thank you so much, Snowbar family, for leading us this morning musically. Uh, it is a gift to have you, uh, have you lead us today. I'm going to steal eh, this stand. I'm going to walk off camera, go get a stand, come back. All right. So I can set some of this stuff down. Uh, let's see. Announcements. I guess I should uh, mention if you're with us here in the room, obviously, you can grab one of those little cards. If you're with us online, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect. Fill that thing out. Share with us how we can pray for you. Uh, thank God with you. Just let us know you're with us today or any, any kind of comment you might want to share. Uh, you can send that our way. Um, if you're frustrated that the YouTube feed didn't start on time today, you can let me know that too. I'm thankful that uh, Linda Zyla actually texted me uh, a little bit ago while we were singing, saying like, Oh, nothing on YouTube today? I'm like, what? What do you mean it's not on YouTube? And I fixed it real fast. So, okay. Uh, whatever you'd like to communicate, use that little connect, uh, that digital connect card to, to communicate with us. And if you're giving today, uh, which I thank you so much, um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in that little meeting that we have today after the service, but thank you for your generosity. If you want to give, you can go to livinghope.info slash give. You can give online. If you're here, you can drop something in the box, obviously. And uh, I don't know if you fill out one of those little cards, drop that in the box there, in the box there as well. Um, I don't really remember what else I had to announce. So that, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Speaking of giving, uh, two things you can give to that kind of are wrapping up today, uh, this being the very last Sunday in February. If you want to give to the Mission Church in Hammond, our sister church, they're starting up just like we started up, but we had a lot more behind us as we got going. They have been digging this thing out from scratch. And so thank you for, there's like $2,300 so far, just over that, that you have given to help our sister church in Hammond. And together with other churches around Northwest Indiana, we've given them, I think, over $20,000, plus some of that got matched. And so they've, they've really got a, had a big boost, thanks to you, to, to help take care of some serious issues they were having facility-wise. They, they did inherit a facility. That's something we didn't get. We didn't get a building when we started this church, so we, got, we had to rent a banquet hall. But, uh, but in some ways, that was kind of better because we didn't have to keep up a building. We didn't have to fix the roof when it leaked and all those things as we were getting started. They have. So thank you for helping take care of some of those things. If you want to give to them today, you can still do that. Just hit the little drop-down on the give thing and, and, uh, and give to them or write it on you know, an envelope if you're putting something in here. And uh, also, uh, you walked past a, a big old pile of bras out in the foyer. I almost wanted to like dump them all out of the bags and everything just so it was literally a pile of bras, but I decided against that. Uh, several of you have been giving and you've brought your friends. You've told your friends like, hey, we need your bras. And uh, that all goes to Free the Girls, uh, which we had a little video from, uh, you know, Pastor Greg Arthur up in Duneland, he's on staff with them part-time now, uh, last week. So if you missed that, a little intro to that, you can watch last week's service and catch what he had to say. But that is all going to women who are escaping sex slavery. Uh, they take those bras and they sell them on the used clothing market. And that provides them with income. It helps them to become um, you know, economically self-sufficient. Um, so that they don't get pulled back into prostitution or something else. So thank you for the donation of bras. If you want to give to them financially, you can go to freethegirls.org and you can make that gift. That'd be a really good thing. Um, was it just the annual meeting? Yeah, okay. Annual meeting today at 10 o'clock, as soon as this service wraps up. We're going to have a brief, like 15, maybe 20 minutes. Depends. If you guys have questions, it might last longer. I don't know. But uh, just update on how the church is doing. We do this every year, last Sunday of February. Uh, an update on the church's mission and on our finances. And it's been an unusual year, obviously. And uh, so we'll have a little update on how things are going and how things are going as we move forward. And you have a chance to vote for the folks who will serve on the church board for this coming year, uh, from March through February is kind of the year that's given to us uh, for those sorts of things. So I don't, did I have anything else up there I need to say? There's a video, right? All right, cool. Good. Don't start it yet. All right. 
Uh, one thing that, uh, as part of the bigger church of the Nazarene, one thing that we get to be a part of uh, is this global, there's a global week of prayer that starts today and will run through Saturday. Now, we've been doing little daily prayer videos uh, this, uh, this past, I'm trying to remember, since January, I guess, we started that. And, uh, and so if you want to download resources, there's a little prayer guide, devotional guide. You can go to livinghope.info slash pray and download that guide. You can... Um, that just takes you to their Dropbox folder where they dumped a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, there's a video for each day. There's a little devotional thought for each day. And uh, it's really cool because the videos, and we're going to share those videos then as, as part of ours each day this week. But it's a chance for us to pray for the world and for the work of the church going on around the world. One cool thing is each day the video is coming from a different part of the world. Uh, the Church of the Nazarene is all over the place. There are more members of Churches of the Nazarene outside the U.S. than inside the U.S. I mean, there are folks in Africa and Asia and all in South America, all over the place. And um, so this is actually a little, like a three-minute video. Uh, this is one of our general superintendents. Uh, he's sharing with us a little thought from Scripture and a little encouragement. Uh, Philemao Chambo, is that how you say his name, I think? Um, yeah. So one of six general superintendents who oversee the work of the Church of Nazarene around the world. Let's take a listen. Romans 10, 11 to 15, we read, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Being in a right standing with God is not something that we attain by our own work or status. It is available to us as a result of God's work. It comes to us by faith in Jesus Christ. Believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is the path that must be followed. The invitation for all people is to have faith in Jesus, the Messiah, to trust that in Jesus, the forgiveness of sins and deliverance from the dominion of sin is available here and now. To trust that Jesus has the power to transform and sustain lives for holy living regardless of the circumstances of life which one may encounter along the journey. The same path for all to believe in the Messiah. Those who are saved live a life of sustained trust in God, obedience to the Lord, and are committed to God's redemptive mission 
in the world. All believers are sent near and far to confess Jesus the Messiah. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be part of a, of a global church. I'm glad it's not just like me as like the pastor and it all stops with me or something. I'm glad to be part of a larger network, a larger denomination and, and all of that. I've, I've uh, known pastors who were just kind of fly by the seat of their pants doing their own thing and no accountability. And that's, that's not who we are. So I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, and I'm thankful for the work that's going on around the world and the chance that we get to be prayerful, to pray for those who have been sent in particular, to pray for those missionaries who are serving all over the place. Uh, today, if, you, uh, if you'd like, we are going to be uh, continuing this Sacred Invitation series. Uh, I think I got a book to all of you who have been a part of our church, Sacred Invitation, Lenten Devotionals, inspired by the Book of Common Prayer. If not, we've got uh, five copies left. I, we had no copies left, and I put something on Facebook, and a, a neighboring pastor was like, I got a few copies if you want them. So we have five. If you need one, you can take one. If your household already has one, please uh, Keep using that one, all right, and save that one for someone else who's going to walk in and need it. But if you need one, they're right back there, like by the computer and, and soundboard and stuff. And after the service, you can, you can grab one. Uh, today, one of the scriptures that's given to us is, uh, is from Mark chapter 3, and it's unusual because it kind of straddles two stories. It straddles two chapters. It starts at the end of chapter 3 and goes into chapter 4, and it also tells two different stories. I'm not sure who decided that these are the scriptures we'd all reflect on today, but whoever it was must have thought these things uh, go really well together, and I think we'll see that they fit together just fine. Uh, so I've got these uh, on the screen, I think, for us from Mark chapter 3, starting with verse 31. I'm just going to read it, and then we'll discuss it together. It says, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. And he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Which sounds great if you were in the circle sitting around him. Not so great if the word got to you and you're his mom outside saying like, what? What do you mean? My kid doesn't want to come talk to me. All right. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out in the lake, out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came. And ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. That, to me, is kind of the theme this morning, to, to, to listen, to hear. If last week was kind of this invitation to fast and to consider what fasting might mean for us, to give something up, to make room in our schedule, to make room in our desires, to make room in our lives for hearing God's voice. I mean, today we're talking about what we're making room for, hearing God. Uh, Jesus says, look, if you've got ears to hear, then, then use them. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I almost kind of wonder if he was being like sarcastic or rude or something by, by the way he says it. Like, look, you got ears, start using them, would you? You know, pay attention Listen, if you have ears to hear, well, use them, hear, listen. Now, let's back up for a minute. That story that started out that was so unusual about his mother and brother, why were his 
family coming to him. If you read the, the passage leading up to that in chapter 3, Jesus has been traveling around doing amazing things, and the crowd keeps growing every time. Every time he shows up at a place, the word goes out, and people mob him. It's, it's like he was, he was first century famous, you know. Uh, nobody was taking his picture and sharing it anywhere on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, but the word got out nonetheless. Like, hey, it's Jesus from Nazareth. Yeah, oh, wait, the guy who was just healing people over in the town? Yes, he's here. Quick, go grab your uncle who's got that funny thing on his leg. See if you can heal him. You know, quick, go grab your friend who hasn't been able to, who's been struggling to, to see or whatever. You know, grab this person who needs healing. Grab this person who's been um, oppressed by this impure spirit and these terrible thoughts. Bring them to Jesus. See if, if Jesus can help. And crowds showed up. Some were just eager to hear what he had to say because here was someone who was speaking words uh, of grace, speaking words with authority, uh, helping them understand the scriptures like no one else had ever done. And so it got so crowded, it says in the lead-up to this passage, that like Jesus and his disciples, they couldn't even eat. Like they, they were in a house, and the crowd was so big, it's, it's kind of like that story where the people had to dig through the roof to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. Um, except in this case, Jesus and his disciples just wanted to like stop and have a meal, and they couldn't. They like didn't have any room to like, can you get to our bag where we had our food? No, it's on the other side of those 20 people. I can't, we can't get to anything. And Jesus' mom hears that this kind of stuff's going on, and hears that peop some people are accusing Jesus of being in league with the devil. Oh, you know why the unclean spirits listen to him, right? It's because he's got the prince of demons in him, and, and so uh, that's why he's able to talk to demons and, and get them to leave people alone. And they're hearing the kinds of criticism Jesus is receiving, and the kind of impact that his ministry and fame is having on his life, and they come to try to help. It's what it sounds like as I read it. And so they, bless you, so they show up, and uh, and Jesus says, well, look, my family, okay, yeah, there, there are people out there looking for me. That's true. And, and I'm sure he loved his mom. We see that in the other gospels, and we see the, the care that he took for her, even as he's dying on the cross. We know that Jesus loved his mom, all right? But in that moment, he's communicating to the people that have gathered around him, some of them desperate for hope, some of them desperate for family. He's saying to them, you are my family. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And I want you to hear that today, all right? If you've got ears to hear, then hear this. You're loved by God, all right? I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what other voices are speaking to you, telling you that you are worthless, or telling you that, uh, or maybe they're telling the opposite, telling you that you're, you're the most important thing, and that you should get to decide everything for your life. Okay, you are loved by God, and God cares about you, you are created by God to, to live in this life in a way that honors him, not just in a way that's all about yourself, right? But you are, you are loved by God, adopted as his child. Jesus considers you family. It doesn't matter what kind of family you might have come from, who your parents were, what your ethnicity is, uh, any of that kind of stuff, all right? It's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, trusting in him, doing his will is how he put it there, following his lead. So that when God speaks, you listen and you do what he calls you to do. Jesus says, ah, that's who my family is. The people who do what God wants them to do. And so that's some encouragement for us, right? But that's also some challenge for us, just to be honest. Because that's saying like, yeah, you're in the family. If you're listening and obeying, if you're doing what God calls you to do, it doesn't matter if you show up on a Sunday morning or tune in to the video, that doesn't make you part of the family. It, it doesn't matter if you've gone through all the rituals and done all the stuff. If you are, if you are hard-hearted toward God, that came up a little bit this past week in our devotional readings. If your heart is hard toward God, 
If you're not listening to him, if you're not letting him guide you, letting him change your heart and life, well, are you part of the family? Or have you put yourself on the outside? This is what I want you to hear today. If you have ears to hear, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. All right, this story about the, uh, uh, the farmer and all this. It's, he goes out, he sits on a boat, right? The, the crowd is still so big. He's like, he had to get on a boat and push away just to keep him from crowding him. And it, it was funny to me as I was reviewing all of this this week, I was reading you know, around it and before it and after it and all of that in Mark's gospel. I was like, in the lead up to this, he actually has a moment where he, he has his disciples get a boat ready. This isn't like a spur of the moment thing. He's like, he's seeing this happen. He's like, oh man, I'm going to get pushed right into the water. Can we have a boat ready or something? Or people are just going to keep crowding and I'm going to, I'm going to be all wet. So he gets in a boat and he's just off of shore and he's teaching the crowd. And he tells them this parable, this story. Jesus tells lots of these in the gospels where instead of just coming right out and saying it, he tells it in a way that you have to think about and have to reflect on. And, and honestly, some of them aren't uh, super clear, just to be honest with you. Some of them it's like, well, how am I supposed to take that? Am I supposed to be, like, is that related to life like this, or is that related to life like this, you know? Am I that thing in the story? Am I, am I supposed to be another thing in the story? You know, who am I supposed to be here? Now, in this one, Jesus ends up explaining it to his disciples. Um, but first, he, he just tells the story, right? A farmer goes out, scatters seed. It lands in all kinds of different places. This farmer's not very careful about where he throws his seed, right? And some of it's on the path. Birds eat it. It doesn't do anything, obviously. Uh, it's like throwing it on the sidewalk or something. Uh, some of it lands on shallow soil, and sure enough, plants, you know, woohoo, it's growing. But as soon as the sun gets hot in the summer, it withers because, you know, it, it sprang up quickly. There's shallow soil, so all the water sits right there, and so it had everything it needed to spring up, but then it didn't have what it needed to last through the, the heat. Um, I remember seeing this just uh, a couple years ago. We were playing with our boys at the park across the street here at Old Fairgrounds Park, and um, uh, if you've been over there, you know, like, there's the walking track and whatever up at the top and a playground and everything. And then it all goes down to this giant bowl where there's, like, the baseball, softball fields and, and stuff down there. And the kids are having all kinds of fun, like, running down the hill and rolling down the hill and all kinds of stuff. And at the bottom of the hill, this was in the middle of summer, you could see, you know, they've got drains down there so it doesn't turn into Old Fairgrounds Lake, you know, when it rains. And the, the sewer, the drains that they had put in, evidently they're not buried all that deep because when it gets really hot, and it hasn't rained in a little while, you can see brown grass that connects all the drains and shows you right where the drain lines go under the ground. It's shallow soil. And when it gets hot, the grass dies. That's, that's what he's talking about. Some of the seed falls in the, in the weeds, you know, and, and the weeds choke out the plant that isn't able to grow and, and produce grain. But some of it, he says, falls on good soil and produces an abundant crop. The disciples who are kind of the people that we relate to in the gospel stories, at least I do. If you relate to Jesus, we need to have a conversation. But most of us, I think, relate to Jesus' followers, trying to make sense of what he has to say, and, and, and they come to him, and they're like, can you explain the whole farmer one to us? We're, we're, not, we're fishermen. You know, we're not farmers. We're not sure we get this, this analogy or whatever you're trying to, trying to make here. And so we have, uh, starting in verse 14 of chapter 4, he explains it. He says, the farmer sows the word. So this is the message, the word coming from God. Jesus is out preaching. He sends his disciples out preaching this good news of the kingdom. So this is the word that's leaving the farmer. This is like the seed is the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. 
So it, it, they, don't even, they don't even really hear it, is what he's saying. It doesn't sink in. It doesn't do anything at all. Satan snatches it away. These are people who are, they're just hard, right? They've got hard hearts. Um, oh, wait a second, wait a second. Let, let me read it first, and then we'll, then we'll, all right. Others, like seed sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. All right. So here's his explanation of the parable that he's told. And there are at least two different ways to, to hear this parable for us. For, for me, as I'm thinking like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? What, what do I, how do I receive that, that message? And it has to do with who you relate to in the story. All right? You know, am I like the... The people receiving this, I'm like the, the soil and the seeds hitting the soil, like it's hitting my life, and, and am I one of the people receiving the message? Am I the farmer? You could be the farmer in this story. I mean, Jesus sends his disciples out to, to spread the message, and he's already told them in advance, like, not everyone's going to accept this message. So this might be his way of trying to help them understand, like, look, you're going to get that message out there, and there's going to be different responses, and that's, that's how it works. I was trying to see, like, could we be the seed? Could we be the birds? Oh, yeah, that's Satan. Okay. Uh, am I somebody who's distracting someone else? I'm like a weed in someone's life, distracting them from, from hearing the message? Or, or am I a rock that in someone? I don't know. I, there's probably, you could probably chase it down and, and come up with all kinds of insights, imagining yourself being all sorts of different aspects. But, but I just want to look at those, those first two, all right? Um, you could be the farmer in this story. You are trying to do what the, the video showed us earlier, uh, Dr. Chambo, that he's, you're, you're, you're aware, God has sent me out. He has sent me into the world to, to tell people the good news, to share with them what God has done in my life. Like the disciples who are sent out to, to preach, to proclaim the good news of, what, of who Jesus is and what he's doing. If, uh, if you see yourself as the farmer today, open those ears and hear that Jesus is saying, you cannot make the seed grow and be fruitful. All right, you can, you've got that loved one in your life that you've been trying to, to tell about Jesus for a long, long time. Maybe they're stuck in some destructive habit and you, 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 your heart breaks for them. Maybe they're just indifferent to things of God. You know, life is good for them, but they just don't seem to care about God like you do. And they don't have the peace that you do. And you want them desperately to. And so you, you tell them and you tell them and you pray for them. Please hear what he's saying. You cannot make that seed grow and be fruitful. Your role is to keep on scattering seed. You know, you might have a chance to water it a little bit. Every now and then, you might have a chance to, like, help pull a weed or dig up a rock or, you know, prepare the soil a little bit in their life, but that's their life. I suppose you could, if uh, you could try to focus your efforts on people who you think will be receptive as you're talking about Jesus and, and, and whatnot and, and, like, avoid telling people that you think are not going to hear it, but that's not what the farmer in the story does. The farmer in the story is open to telling anyone who will listen or who won't listen the, the good news about Jesus. Just like some of you annoy your friends to death about that latest book that you've read and you love or the restaurant that you went to and you, and you think everyone should eat at or whatever it might be, you know, when your heart is gripped by God's grace, when he truly does help your life to be transformed, you find yourself bringing him up in conversation 
And not everyone's going to be super open to having that conversation. But we do have an opportunity then to, to have those conversations in a respectful way, in a way that lets them know that if the time comes where they want to talk about God or talk about Jesus, they know you're someone that's safe to talk to because you don't judge them for not being interested. You don't like, well, I'm dusting my feet off. Then, you know, what is it? Shake the dust off your feet. Is that what Jesus told his disciples to do? If he encounters a place where it's like they're not receptive, he's just like, just shake the dust off your feet and move on. Yeah. Uh, because you haven't written them off, because you haven't rejected them for not being interested in what you have to say about Jesus, they may at some point come to you and want to know more. But at the very least, in this story, (laughs) hear the message. You cannot force that seed to take root. You cannot force faith to grow in someone else's life. We can scatter seed in obedience to Christ, guided and empowered by his Holy Spirit, and then the results are up to God and that person. And just later in this chapter, Jesus tells another story of a farmer who scatters seed, and he says whether he wakes up or sleeps or whatever he does, the, the soil produces a crop. You know, he's like, the farmer's job is done. You know, he has done what he can. But I really, I've always loved a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where the Apostle Paul is, uh, he's dealing with people who are struggling. Uh, some of them love Apollos. Some of them are real big fans of Paul. And, and they're, they're getting all hung up on who introduced them to Jesus and who their favorite Bible teacher is or whatever. And, and he's saying, look, we're all just fellow servants, co-workers with God in his mission. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God's been making it grow. He's like, we're, we're not anything special. All, all I am is somebody who planted some seeds in your life. All I did was water a seed someone else planted. God is the one who's helped faith to grow in your life. We're co-workers in God's service. So that has stuck with me as somebody who stands up front every Sunday and, and tries to, to share the good news of God and recognizes then it's kind of up to you, right? I mean, I, I can't make you listen. I can do my best to be entertaining, you know, a little song and dance or something. But, uh, you know, I'm not good at that, obviously. Um, so it's, it's up to you listening, paying attention, letting the word of God sink in. And that gets us to that, that other person we could be in this story, is the, the soil, the recipient of the word. So as that, and we all are that today, let's open our ears and let's, let's hear. All right, we don't want to be so close-minded that what God wants to say to us just doesn't even have a chance to register, right? We want to make sure that we're, that's one of the reasons we're in the season of Lent, and one of the reasons that some of the disciplines of the season of Lent are to, to make room in our lives. You have to remove some things from your life. You have to make some room in your life to hear God's voice, to listen to him, to read some scripture, to pray, to, to take a moment, hopefully every day, to just pause and say, hey, God, I want to know you better in this season of Lent. That's leading us to Easter. I mean, I'm reminded of your love for us. I, I want to know you more. And we invite God to speak. Let's open our hearts. Let's open our minds. Some of us, I know, may have some serious doubts about parts of the Bible or about Christian faith and how this all fits together. And okay, don't let those things close your mind, though, to the fact that this might, there might be something here. Have an open mind. Inquire honestly about, you know, well, does this make sense? How does this make sense? How do Christians make sense of, you know, I'm feeling a, a, a contradiction or a tension here as I try to fit these thoughts together in my mind and, and talk to somebody, uh, somebody who's following Christ. Say, how do you resolve that, that tension? How do you work that out? Have an open mind. Be, be honestly, like, ready to learn, eager to find out more. 
Let's not be closed-minded. Let's not allow the devil to snatch away what God's trying to say to us before it has a chance even to register with us. And then that, uh, what was it, the, the shallow soil, the rocky soil, right? Sometimes that's us. Let's make sure that we spend enough time with God's word, the word, the seeds of the word, right? It's coming in my life. And if it doesn't have a chance to sink down deep, if it doesn't have a chance to put down roots, then when I go through difficulty, I'm not going to have enough there. I'm not going to have enough. The, this message of Christ is not going to have sunk deep enough into my heart, into my imagination, for me to make it through those difficult times. I'm going to end up walking away from God. Saying, well, this just doesn't make sense, so I just don't want anything to do with it, right? If you just, if all you get is a little snippet of God's word, right? You just get like the, the sample, you just, all you see is the trailer, you know, and you think, ooh, that's good, I, I want that, I like that. Um, then all you might hear is, you know, look, God loves you and God is with you. And then you go through difficulty and you're like, well, I guess God doesn't love me. I guess God's not with me. I'm, I'm out of here. Because you haven't sat with that long enough to realize, no, 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 wait, God loves you so much that he entered into our mess, into our brokenness. He experienced pain and grief and death itself, the death on the cross. He he entered into that so that when we go through that, we don't lose hope, so that we know that on the other side of death is life, so that we know that, that God has conquered sin and death. And so sin doesn't have the final say, and death doesn't have the final say. You know, we let it sink in enough that that it can dig some roots down so that when we go through difficulty, we've got some little something from God's word. I know for some of you, it's the, it's the book of Psalms, you know, because they're so full. So many of the Psalms are Psalms of lament, are Psalms crying out for God's help. And so I know for some of you, you go through difficulty and you start turning to the Psalms, you know, whether it's the 23rd Psalm that we hear at just about every funeral, it seems like, about the Lord being our shepherd and guiding us and not giving up on us and caring for us. Even, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil for you are with me. You know, you've got some scriptural resources to draw from. God has, has shaped your imagination and your thinking because you have spent time with it, because you've pulled some of those rocks out of the way and you've allowed God's word to, to sink in, to dig roots into your thinking, into your imagination, into your mind and heart so that you're able to endure some difficulties that might come. Or maybe you relate more to that soil that's full of weeds, right? And so there's a message of God that's coming, but what what did it say? The, The worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, desires for other things, they don't allow this word to really take root or to, I guess in in the analogy, it takes root and it starts to grow, but then it's choked out, right? The resources that it needs, the water, the sunlight, all the things that a plant needs to grow are all taken by these weeds. I suppose that might be like our attention, I suppose, right? Our attention is scattered in so many different ways. We never pay attention to what God is trying to say. We're so worried about this and that and the other thing that we, we never come back and like, wait a minute, but God, you love me and you're with me. And so I'm not going to let these other things pull my heart away from you. The deceitfulness of wealth. It's, it's later in Mark's gospel that he tells the story of the rich guy that comes to Jesus seeking eternal life. And, and Jesus says, well, the only thing you're lacking, he says, you've obeyed all the commandments, great. The only thing you're lacking is go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and come and follow me. He says, the man went away sad. And Jesus says, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Wealth can be deceitful. Stuff can, can deceive us into thinking that it's ours, <laughs> Instead of understanding it all belongs to God. And, and if God says, share that, and we say, no, 
we're choking out the life of that little plant, that little that faith that's trying to grow in our hearts, in our lives. Worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, just desires for other things. You know, I got other things to think about, God. My, my allegiance is elsewhere. My affections are elsewhere. And Jesus wants to be the, <laughs> the, the center of our affections, the center of our allegiance. He wants to be Lord, not one of 20 lords. You know, he wants to be Lord in our life. As the soil receiving God's word, we need to hear. Have an open mind with God, toward God's word. Spend time with it. Eliminate distractions that might keep it from being fruitful, keep it from accomplishing in our lives what God wants it to accomplish. Let's hear the word. Let's accept it. Let's believe it. When God says he loves you, believe that he loves you. He knows you, and he knows what you're going through, and he loves you and is with you. This is not some anonymous message that's just being broadcast to, to everyone in the world. All right? I trust that God's Holy Spirit today can help you to know this is true for you, that God loves you and is with you, has a plan for your life, wants to develop beauty in your life, this beautiful crop, you know, where one seed turns into more than you could ever imagine, 30 seeds, 60, 100 seeds where this multiplies in your life, multiplies God's blessings, multiplies opportunities for, for grace and for you to share his grace with others, where it can be fruitful. And you can look at your life and see that, wow, God really is at work here. Stuff is growing in my life. My life is, is full of, of growth and good things. It's not, a, it's not a desert, you know, where nothing grows, where nothing is alive. No, my, my life, I'm experiencing true life. It's... The gospel is often referred to just as eternal life. And so many times we hear that as like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After I die here, then I go to heaven and I float on clouds or something um, forever. Uh, no, no, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, no, right now, here and now, we can live a life that looks like death, that is perishing, or we can begin to experience God's eternal life. And yes, that will continue on forever. But even here and now, we can begin to experience the life of God invading our lives, bringing to life what was dead in us, helping us to have a, a fruitful, good life where the love of God has an impact, transformative impact on us and through us on the world around us. We're invited today to hear, to use our ears, to listen. God is speaking to you. Are you listening? That's the question for us today. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for caring enough about us that you would come to us and speak to us. That You, you didn't just shout a message from the sky. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to come. And, and sure, sometimes he, he talks in parables and we don't get everything. And there's still stuff, God, you know, there's still stuff I'm figuring out. And there's still things that I'm not sure of what exactly that was supposed to mean. But but God, would you help us to hear what you're saying to us today? Would you help us to listen? Would you help us to accept your love for us? You have called us family. You have invited us to be a part of your family. If we will trust in you, if we will do your will, if we'll say yes to you. God, you extend this invitation to all of us. 
It doesn't matter how we were brought up. It doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter what our past has been. It doesn't matter what our past was 30 seconds ago. Right now, you are, you are inviting us to put our trust in you. And so, God, today, we, we do. We, we admit to you that we need your grace. We need your mercy. We have sinned in the things that we've done and in the things we've left undone. We, we haven't loved you with our whole heart. We haven't loved our neighbors as ourselves. We need your mercy and your grace, God. Thank you. Thank you that in Jesus Christ, you showed us your love. You showed us that sin will not keep you away from us, but instead you come to us and you defeat the power of sin, the grip that sin has on us. You set us free. You come and experience the death that our sin brings. And in exchange, you give us your resurrection life. Help us, God, to hear what you're saying to us today. Help us to pay attention to what you want to say to us tonight. What you want to say to us tomorrow. What you want to say to us the next day. God, would you help us to live with ears open, hearts open, minds open to you. Help us, God, to, to hear from this, this parable of the farmer and the seed and the soil. God, we are so grateful for your generous grace reaching out to us, speaking to us, even when our minds are closed, even when our hearts are shallow, even when our lives are, are over full and distracted. God, you continue to speak. Would you help us? Would you help us today to be open? to allow your word to sink in? Would you help us to make it a pattern of our life to let the message from you, this good news from you, sink into our hearts, into our minds, shaping the ways we think of ourselves and the people around us, the ways that we think about what we do with our time and our energy and our life and our, our focus? God, would you help us to have our lives transformed by you and your love? Because we want to be useful we want to be fruitful. We want to live lives that are, that are generating good things for not just for us, but for the people around us. Thank you, God, that this is the life you invite us into. We are so grateful. Thank you, God, that in a few minutes we're going to get to celebrate this sacrament together where we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice and pray that by your Spirit's presence here among us, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. Likewise, God, we offer ourselves to you. We give you all that we are. And we pray that by your Spirit's work in our lives, that we might be transformed, that we might be changed, that we might be able to live in this world as the body of Christ as your hands, as your feet, as your voice to speak words of encouragement and challenge, as your ears to hear the cries of the people around us. God, we are yours. Thank you. Thank you for all that you are doing in our hearts and lives as we trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If you're joining us online and you haven't already, now is a great time for you to gather some bread, some juice, uh, whatever the closest thing is to that. If you would like to to celebrate communion with us today, um, this is our chance to, in a tangible way, uh, know that God really does meet us where we are in the very real world in which we live. So let's celebrate that. Let's give him thanks. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was meeting with his disciples. He took bread. He broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. So let's take and eat the bread. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup gave it to his disciples and said, drink this. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. Let's take and drink. Thank you, God, for this tangible, touchable, tasteable reminder of your love, of your grace, of your presence with us here in the very real world in which we live. Thank you for meeting us here and not leaving us, but, but coming to us and transforming our existence by your presence with us. Out of love for us, Lord Jesus, you gave your life. And out of love for us, Heavenly Father, you raised them up again so that we can experience life here and now. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.